from the feature staff at the Columbus Dispatch. This is Life in the 614. Hi, and welcome to Life in the 614, the official lifestyle podcast of the Features Department at the Columbus Dispatch, coming to you every week. If it sounds like fun, we'll be talking about it. I'm Features reporter Erica Thompson, and today I'll be talking to Tracy Quinzenberry, founder and director of Icing Smiles, a nonprofit that provides celebration cakes to critically ill children and their siblings. The organization is celebrating its 10th birthday and honoring the memory of one of its recipients, Violet, tonight at the Columbus Ronald McDonald House from 7 to 9 p.m. You know, it's really cool to have you here in Columbus celebrating the 10th birthday of Icing Smiles. And just for our listeners out there, so Icing Smiles is a nonprofit organization that provides celebration cakes in all 50 states to critically ill children and their siblings ages 1 to 18. And um, if you could, why don't you tell us a little bit about what brings you to Columbus? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but you're based in Ellicott City, Maryland, right? So I'm based in Ellicott City, Maryland, and that tends to be the mailing address that we use. But um, our team is all over the U.S., but we got our start here in Columbus. So we are celebrating our 10th anniversary, and we came back to where it all began, right at Nationwide Children's Hospital. Yeah. So tonight you'll actually be at the Columbus Ronald McDonald House from 7 to 9 p.m., right? Correct. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you got your start in Columbus, you know, the very first um, child that you served and what we can expect tonight, too. Absolutely. So the very first child we served, her name was Violet, and she was a patient at Nationwide. And it was, I at that point, I had only done cakes for my own kids, and it just became a passion, the impact that the cakes had when kids would come into a room and, and see these elaborate custom cakes. It just amazed me how it could change the tone or environment in a room. So that's kind of where the idea came from, and I was connected with Violet, and I was asked to to help her celebrate her seventh birthday. She was hospitalized for her birthday and spent a lot of time on just told I needed to make a girly cake. And that's (laughs) what we delivered. We delivered a girly cake over to Violet. And unfortunately, Violet passed away several months later. So it was her forever seventh birthday. And I was just really honored to play a a small part in, in their journey. The neat part about tonight is that Violet's family um, has stayed connected with Icing Smiles, and, and they will be out at the Ronald McDonald House, and we're going to be hosting a joint birthday party for both Icing Smiles and what would have been Violet's 17th birthday. Wow. And so today is, is actually what would have been her birthday, January 31st? Her birthday Technically, it was Monday, so (laughs) Monday the 27th, um, but I couldn't be here because I worked during the day, so we decided to come in this weekend, but it was kind of neat because her mom, Robin, also hosted what we call our Violet Bake Sale in honor of Violet, and she hosted her own Violet Bake Sale in Grove City this past week and and raised the most we've ever raised in in a Violet Bake Sale, so it's been an exciting week for everybody. Yeah. And then can you tell us, um, did, did Violet have cancer? Like, how much can you tell about, you know, her circumstances? So we don't, we try not to get into too much detail with the families, but what I know about Violet's condition was she was fighting a brain tumor. And when we delivered to her, she had just recently been um, told that there were no uh, more treatment options. So it was a really difficult time for the family. And the fact that they opened their 
hearts up to us at such a time and allowed us to kind of get invited into their lives was just a blessing that really set the stage for what I think Smiles would become. Yeah. And then just, you know, did it just so happen that, you know, back 10 years ago when you got started, because you get requests that come in, did it just so happen that the first kind of request that you got was from Violet here in Columbus? So that one was a little bit more intentional. It was interesting because the idea for I Think Smiles came about, my family kind of got sick of eating my cakes. <laughs> and I said, well, I want to practice. And what do I do with them? So I thought, well, I, let me give them away. And I actually cold called your Ronald McDonald House right here in Columbus and got connected with the marketing director of all people. And he was so excited about the idea of being able to provide this service for his family. And he made me that much more passionate. I just kind of thought it was what a nice thing to do, never really understanding the impact that that simple idea was going to have on so many lives after that. Um, so it's pretty neat. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about like the reaction from the kids, because, you know, you might think that this is is such a small thing. It's, you know, bringing them a cake, but it really does have a big impact, like you said. So if you could talk more about like being in that experience and seeing their reaction. Absolutely. That's an easy one. I could probably talk about that for several hours (laughs) and you'd need a whole bunch of tissue boxes. I do a little bit of motivational speaking on using simple things to kind of give back and impact people's lives. So I've got a bunch of like just great stories. But there are a couple, especially here in Ohio, I remember. One was soon after we got started and it was an 18-year-old girl who had just been placed in hospice. And she had indicated to her parents that all she wanted was an icing smiles cake. And it kind of didn't make sense to me at the time. And we delivered one, and I got a report back that she used her icing smiles cake as a reason to invite over friends and family and share this cake with them. What she was really doing was establishing a way for herself to be able to say goodbye to Mm. friends and family in a way that was positive. And we got the greatest feedback on how she was provided with this amazing memory. And so were her family and friends, all because of the cake. So we really had no idea the impact. And if I've got time for another real quick one, this was just recently in Kansas City. Similar situation, but the the child was quite a bit younger. And we came in on a Saturday, provided this amazing three-dimensional Diego cake from Dora and Diego. Mm. And the child, you you could tell by the pictures that the the child, you know, was it was end of life. And um, unfortunately, he passed the very next day. We got a letter from his mom on Monday just so filled with joy at the fact that we were able to create this kind of party and positive environment right before he passed and how they will never forget that memory that they were able to have. So, you know, even when the situation isn't that dire, those are two that tend to stick out. But, you know, you also have kids that are successfully going through treatment and, you know, you'll get a letter. I'm I'm happy that I was I got sick because my siblings, quintuplets, have never had their own birthday cake. Mm. Uh, So things like that, you just hear that and you're like, yeah, we thought it was a nice thing to do. And it really does have the potential. Simple acts have the potential to change lives. 
Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. And so, Tracy, I can't imagine that you're baking all of these cakes yourself. (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit about how it all works? Like maybe how many cakes that you've provided to date? And then what is the whole process like? Like how many volunteers and how do people request and all of that? So you're very intuitive. I am not baking all these cakes myself. Um, We do a little over 3,000 cakes a year, and we have 11,000 volunteers across the U.S. Uh, We just recently reached a major milestone where we hit over 20,000 cakes since we were incorporated. So the volume is high, and the need is there. So it's been amazing. The way we work is we effectively have a database of of those 11,000 volunteers, and we use a geocoding system that maps them. And then when we get a request from a family, we'll pop in the family's address or hospital address, wherever they're going to be, and try and find out what local volunteers we have and, and, you know, what what we start reaching out and just saying, are you able to serve Joe on such and such a date? So we really try to make it a very personal volunteering experience as well as a personal experience for the family and to connect with someone who is spending a lot of time and money to serve them personally. Awesome. And can you tell like the folks listening how they can volunteer? And then also maybe if, if you know, folks have children who are dealing with illnesses, how they can request and maybe where they can go online. Absolutely. So icingsmiles.org, up at the top, you will see a Receive a Smile tab, and families can apply to receive a cake from us up in that Receive a Smile tab. It's a pretty simple process, and we just need proof of eligibility, which would either be like a -a make-a-wish letter or a, a medical eligibility form that they can print from our website. On the volunteer side, right next to that, we have a tab called Create a Smile. So if you're interested in volunteering, you can go right there. Awesome. And then um, what, well, when it comes to funding, because you're a nonprofit, so I would imagine you receive grants and donations. Is that really how you're able to sustain what you do? So sustainability is tough for a nonprofit, obviously. Um, You know, the, the core is the cakes that we receive. Our volunteers are doing this out of the kindness of their heart, and they almost never ask for reimbursement. But that being said, we can't pay our bills with cake. So thank you for fully recognizing that you need more than the product to achieve the mission. So from a funding perspective, we are about equally dependent on corporate sponsors and individual donors. So we're always looking for people that are willing to get on board and help contribute to the cause so that we can pay for our insurance and our license fees and our database. And it's not pretty stuff, but it is desperately needed. You can't do this without it. Awesome. And then I'm in just a couple more questions for you. I'm interested in maybe some of your goals going forward, because I know, like you said, you, your team is in all 50 states, but do you have partners outside of the U.S. too? And then like, what, what are some things that you hope, hope to accomplish? So very early on, we got interest worldwide. Uh, I mean, it became, and it's kind of a funny story. I mean, when I started, that the intention was for me to stay serving locally in the Columbus area. And you know what? I failed to say that before. This is where I was living at the time. That was the connection mm. um, to Columbus. So I apologize for not saying that earlier. <laughs> That's okay. Um, living here at the time, just me had intended to stay in this area and maybe engage a few local volunteers. 
thanks to social media, that is not what happened. And we got picked up because of a cake that we were doing in New York. Um, the person who did the cake had worked at Parents Magazine at one point, and they um, did an article about us. Well, it was November 27th of 2010, and I was at the Columbus Zoo with my kids when my phone blew up. And we started getting volunteer interest and inquiries from all over the world. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even have a volunteer application at the time. So it was a runaway train from that point forward. So very quickly, we did incorporate two additional chapters outside the U.S. in Canada and in Holland. And then it became a little overwhelming, so we pulled back to make sure we can serve in those jurisdictions where we were, we were already committed to serving and just building that up. So future goals, we'd love to see Icing Smiles expand worldwide. Um, Going to be a little bit of a challenge because it dwells in different countries, but how nice would that be to be able to not just reach every child in the U.S. that's sick, but every child across the world if we can possibly have the opportunity to do so. Awesome. Yeah, well, I, you know, I so appreciate you giving us a call on the day of your big event. I'm sure you're running around <laughs> trying to get everything yeah. together. So is there anything else that you didn't get a chance to add? I just want to thank the Columbus community, because if it hadn't been for your encouragement and your participation early in the process, we really would not exist. So we're very committed to the Columbus community and what and, and we'll forever be grateful for what they've done. Awesome. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for everything that you do and uh, good luck with your event tonight. Thank you very much. Thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. Sure. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And thank you all for listening to Life in the 614. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, keep enjoying your own life in the 614.